365 Success app offers a simple daily tip for a more balanced life. 365 Success is a one-year plan over six levels where a new tip is displayed each day. The people behind 365 Success are academic and creative life hackers Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, Dr. Graham Hughes and Marie O'Riordan. Discover 365 Success, available now in the App Store. Hello and you're very welcome to episode 34 of Purple Psychology. I'm Marie O'Riordan. Thank you for tuning in all around the world across six continents. Explore purplepsychology.com. Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, how are you? Great. Crowd control? Yeah, this is an interesting one. Um, I was talking to somebody recently and their school made a big shift. They used to sit in the classes and the teachers came to them rather than them moving from class to class. And I never really thought about this before. Um, and so you obviously have these like hundreds of people milling around school corridors. Um, and I've always gone on that the most amount of bullying in schools takes place in the corridors, in the locker room and in the schoolyard. And I've also been dealing with a lot of little people recently who are having a lot of issues in the schoolyard. Um, predominantly because if you're a bit quieter and a bit more introverted or maybe just a bit more advanced and you don't want to join in the stupid games of everybody else, you're now automatically given a label definition, and, <laughs> which we talked about in the last episode, okay? But, but it was really interesting because um, one of the students that I was working with who does suffer a little bit of anxiety um, went to the convention centre in Dublin and he was saying, you know, like, I, I, I really managed um, to enjoy the experience, you know, which surprised me because normally I don't like crowds. And we actually had a tour of the convention centre a few years ago and it reminded me that the whole space is really well laid out for the flow of people. And so I thought... Oh, it was beautiful because, yeah, we got this amazing VIP tour. This was probably after I came back from Oprah, 2012, was it? I think so. And anyway, we got uh, an amazing tour. And even the acoustics, the way it was built, the designer, everything, I was absolutely blown away by this place. Yeah, and it was interesting because the person was had to think about it. Like, they were very futuristic in their view because it took 10 years to build to come to, to actually building the convention centre. So they were way ahead of their time. But there's so few buildings that are actually built to do crowd control in a way that doesn't freak people out who have uh, social anxiety. It made me kind of wonder about the way that schools are set up altogether because, you know, for kinesthetic people, it's great if they can, they actually look forward to their time out in the yard. So kinesthetic is not just touchy-feely? Yeah, a, a lot of it is, is that, but, but their biggest thing is they need to move. Like, they're even swinging backwards and forwards on the chair always, <laughs> okay? Um, so they really look forward to break time. Um, and obviously having the situation where they move classes is really good for them. But then there's just so many students I work with who actually don't want to go out into the schoolyard and actually just like their own space occasionally. And, and there's no balance for those things in school. How did you set up your, you know, environments when you had, what, did you have, what, about 100, 100 students uh, at any one time in the building? Was that it? For the insurance or something? Yeah, so... Um, I I moved people into in into rooms, and I I gave I created a kind of a waiting space um, for people, a bit like a, a doctor's surgery. They had a waiting space, and then if there was classrooms that were free, I gave other people the option to go in and sit in there in small groups, um, and then they went into the rooms as the, as they were free. And I had very little hanging around time anyway. 
because it, it all kind of moved like clockwork. But I did spend a lot of my time managing people and actually looking after them and going down and talking to people and getting them to talk to each other and, and so on and, and mixing it around. So maybe that's some of it too, because we don't actually have, quite often don't have, really have a caretaker as, as such. And, and quite often they're just um, watching out for trouble. They're not watching to create social interactions. And actually we've passed an awful lot of schoolyards in the last week and I've been thinking about this a great deal because every time I pass a schoolyard of little people, all I see is people running around in circles or standing in groups. There is not actually anything for them to play with. And, and that seems really obvious to me. So of course, if there's not things for people to play with, then of course maybe the games aren't going to go the right way or maybe there is the space in the environment to bully people because there's nothing to do. Well, I, you know, I, I would have, you know, I've been, I'm just trying to think, there's four educational projects now that you have me as a, as a media and communication success ambassador and I'm very honoured and thank you very much. So that started in 2011 and I most enjoyed the classes that were completely done outside. Yeah, there was a lot of classes done outside. Um, but... But my point is that the problem times in schools are the times that are not structured. Um, yes, those times are really looked forward to by some people, but other people hate them. Interesting. And we, have, we haven't thought about that at all. You were almost to the point of paranoid about security in the environment. I was just incredibly aware of what went on. And I, I, had, this, I had this philosophy, which a lot of people don't, didn't seem to agree with. Everybody does things child-centred, okay? But yes, obviously the, the children were a priority for me in their safety, but the adults had to feel safe too, because if they don't feel safe, then no one feels safe. So I looked out for everybody's safety, and I made sure that the team felt equally safe in the environment and happy with the environment and the setup, as much so as the students. I think that's equally important. Because it filters down from the top. Yeah, of course it does. Is it fair to say that you are recognised as one of the leading experts in Asperger's syndrome research around the world? Yes, I do seem to have gained that title. It was never an aspiration, but it seems to have happened. You, I mean, I haven't done a press release or anything on this. I, we haven't really made it that public, although there are... I guess, researchers and associations around the world um, who refer you all the time. These are national organisations and national health organisations who refer you as well and families to you. So in that context, it's known, but we haven't really spoken about this at all in the podcast. So this is quite groundbreaking and I'm not doing it justice. <laughs> so I'll let you take the stage, Dr O'Reilly. OK, well... I suppose as a project continues on, um, it gives you the years of data. Like when I worked as a climate change researcher, you didn't work with a data set below 10 years. Um, and now it's getting to the stage where I get to monitor my students for those kind of time lengths. Um, and essentially, I, I've talked about it in the past, there's a number of personalities that are diagnosed as having things like Asperger's. And... I really question whether or not the condition exists or whether a number of difficulties exist and go with a certain personality. And, and I think that more and more every day now um, because I've proven 
that particularly if you do work pre-10 with a student of certain personalities, that you can actually completely alter how they are um, later in life. And all of the traits that you would see coming out in an Asperger's teenager don't exist anymore. But what's more phenomenal for me is that we can actually change their learning styles. Um, so no, not only are the personality traits not there or some of the, the, the sort of effects like um, OCZ behaviour, um, quite controlling behaviour, social anxiety, um, you know, very, very difficult. You're, you know, I mean, sorry, I can't even talk right now. You're cool as a breeze for something so profound. Yeah, I, I, I guess like I'm, I'm, I haven't been, I'm not putting it out there. I'm not questioning, you know, some of the very big research people out there. Like there's a book called, you know, Zero Empathy. And I have proven that if I work with somebody pre-10, particularly pre-7, um, before their personality is completely formed, that they can be empathetic to their siblings. That if I improve their expression, because I call myself an expression developist, so if I give them expression, they are empathetic. And this happens in under a month. Why aren't you putting this... Oh, okay, so there's the, there's the Asperger's, there's the National Asperger's Associations, there's the National Health Organisations, and people with all those resources are, you know, referring families and people to you. But why aren't you putting this knowledge out there to the wider population? I suppose because I, I'm, I'm still learning every day and I'm still refining everything. And... Um, I've chosen not to be part of a university to, to work on my own differently. And I suppose that gives me um, more of a focus on working with real people and getting real results rather than maybe looking at certain data sets. I, 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 tend, to, I tend to go about my research very differently to other people. I've seen a huge shift certainly in the past year, and we're into episode 34 of this podcast as we continue this series, and it's something I haven't spoken about at all. But what I've seen is when, you know, you have a country and their national health service for their people, their population, formally refers, you know, families who can't get a result anywhere else to you, I think that's phenomenal. Yes, I suppose it is phenomenal, but I, I don't I don't really think about it. I just think on it as a as a case by case basis and then I I also am I'm constantly thinking in the background about the trends and patterns I'm seeing in the research and what happens with the the numerous people of a certain personality that come to me and, and what happens. And some other cases recently have proven to me that the students that I've worked with pre ten that should have a very linear learning style. Um, who learn at most in two ways, do not have a linear learning style as teenagers if we've worked with them. And we haven't done anything particularly groundbreaking with them. You know, what, what we're doing is not difficult um, in any way, shape or form. But it, it's starting to make me really question what people are doing in schools. Congratulations. Thanks for finally making it public on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, but but, you know, like... You know, they, sh they should have um, language and communication issues. They should have a really literal sense and interpretation of English. Um, they should on only be happy in certain environments. They should have been really unhappy with the transition from small school to big school. 
you know, I, I mean, really sort of profound things that I pick up the other end at people when they're 15 or 17 um, are not there anymore. You mentioned, you know, you do, you, you do call yourself an expression developist, so I guess that's part of what you're doing with people with Asperger's. Hugely so, and it's, it's much easier to do the other way around. I, I will admit that. It's not impossible the other way, it just takes a little bit longer. How can people who are listening, or families listening, who want to find out more about that angle, get in touch with you? What website? Because you have so many websites. I mean, I lose track. Um, I suppose confidenceclub.ie is probably the easiest. Okay, so it's anywhere in the world, www.confidenceclub.ie. Confidenceclub.ie. Thank you so much, Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, Expression Developist, for being here. Thank you. Explore more on purplepsychology.com. That's episode 34 of Purple Psychology. I'm Marie O'Reardon. And I just think I'm a really lucky human being that I get to speak to someone like you on these podcasts every time. So thank you for that. Thank you. 365 Success app offers a simple daily tip for a more balanced life. 365 Success is a one-year plan over six levels where a new tip is displayed each day. The people behind 365 Success are academic and creative life hackers Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, Dr. Graham Hughes and Marie O'Reardon. Discover 365 Success, available now in the App Store.